HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's September 10th, 2013. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. Joined tonight by my good buddy, Sam Barbieri from Waterfront Ale House, also a Good Beer Seal co-founder. Sam, how are you, man? Very, very good. Glad to be back here. So great to see you. I know you got the, the big Brooklyn event next week. The largest, greatest street fair in all of New York City is called the Atlantic Antic. It is one of the most diverse street fairs that you're going to find. The foods, the drinks, the beers, the, the crafts that are there. This is not your average uh, Manhattan It's a pretty special fair. event. All the, see, all the bars, you got to sell beer on the streets. If you, yes, if you're a bar on Atlantic Avenue, you're going to sell alcoholic beverages outside. So, that's a pretty – so September 29th. But there are a lot of yeah, – it's a lot of craft beers. Next uh, Sunday. Six Point makes a special beer. It's, it's called the Atlantic Amber, and it's only sold by the bars on Atlantic Avenue for the street fair. It's a really, really nice uh, fall beer, very malty, uh, perfect beer to walk around and taste all the ethnic foods that are there. All right. Well, that sounds great. Atlantic Antic next Sunday. And then we've also got Will Gordon. He came down from Boston. Uh, you you got to talk about drinking the bottom shelf. We're not going to talk about Budweiser and the other things you usually write about. But no, you know, I'm glad you came down. No, well, I like. It's not just Budweiser. There's also like the regional uh, lower end beers, cheaper beers, because you know, not every day is payday, as I'd like to say. So sometimes you need to save a couple bucks, drink another thing, be su- sunny summer day, have a couple things that are four percent alcohol. You can drink a lot. Uh, all right, and a little so, later, Don Russell, Joe Sixpack from Philly Beer Week, he's going to call in, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, heritage breweries and uh, talk more about that subject. We don't talk about it too often. We try to talk more about the small, you know, new craft breweries. And uh, along that line, we've got uh, two guys from uh, Scotland. You can uh, get your mics on here. We've got James Watt and Martin Dickey. They're from BrewDog in uh, Scotland. And um, give them that mic, uh, Will. And uh, you guys have a lot to talk about. So... You know, Sam's here, and, uh, you know, we've all had your beer, Brew Dog. I, I know you've, you've got a lot, lot of cool things going on, and uh, people don't really know that much about you. I mean, you guys are from Scotland, um, and, and now you've got a TV show coming out uh, next week on Esquire Network. So uh, tell us about how you got started, because, uh, you know, when, when your beers first came over and made a splash, you had some really strong beers, and, um, you know, you were one of those first kind of craft beers from Scotland that we got. Um, and I know a friend of mine was just up there. He said there's a lot more small craft breweries than there used to be. So tell us about how you guys got started in the beer scene and, uh, you know. Well, we set up in uh, 2007 in Scotland, but before then we used to spend our time making beers at home. And back then in, in the UK you could get industrial beers and you could get very good examples of Cascales, but we didn't have the stylistic diversity, the 
kind of spectrum of styles and kind of high octane exciting beers that you were finding in America. So we were massively inspired by what was happening in the US when we set up and we got a small bank loan, we got some secondhand stainless steel tanks, we quit our day jobs and we started making beer. And our biggest mission when we started, and it's still our biggest mission today, is just to make other people's passionate about great craft beer as we are. Sam, have you had a brew dog at yes. Waterfront Hill House? Actually, I've had the Dogma. Excellent beer. The uh, the IPA is unbelievable. That's really, really good. And that's almost, what, nine nine five maybe? Yeah, uh, yeah, we've got an IPA. You, it's uh, 9.2. Yeah, and you have a really good hops in there too. <laughs> so the, the Dogma, when we launched it, um, that beer's a combination of stimulants and depressants. So we've got grana, we've got cola nut, we've got poppy, and we've got hops in there. So we actually called it Speedball in the UK, but that got banned after about a week. <laughs> I wonder ball. why. All right. Wow. And, might, uh, might sell well in the East Village. <laughs> Maybe. And Martin, you know, Martin too. So you guys got started. Um, but it's just telling more of the stories. I mean, making making craft beer in Scotland, you know, there weren't too many. We've had Harveston come over. But uh, other than that, we haven't seen too many. Yeah, I mean, I think we were one of the first companies to really push. Uh, what, careful. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> to really push what was happening in terms of, of beer. I mean, we got a lot of inspiration from America. We got a lot of inspiration from some of the sour Belgian beers that were being made as well. Uh, so the, the only way that we could really drink beer that we wanted to was to make it ourselves. And we've been All doing right. that ever since. So how did you go from making beer to uh, exporting to the States? Well, I mean, the U.S. for us is where the whole draft beer revolution started. Kind of kicked off with... Anchor back in the mid-70s with Liberty, then you got kind of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, so all the beers that we were so heavily inspired by came from the US, and uh, the US is one of the best, most exciting, most diverse draft beer markets on the planet, and what we love about coming here is the understanding, appreciation, availability of great draft beer, but being also being able to meet these artistic renegade vagabonds these kind of amazing people behind these beers so um yeah for us we wanted to come here we wanted to sell our beers here and we wanted to do the tv show here as well so that's the big news you're, you're doing a tv show you get to travel around the country what are some of the places that you're visiting some of the favorite beers that you've got to try in the states yeah i mean the the, the premise of the show is that james and i traveled around america um, going to as many of the great beer towns as possible and then when we got to those cities, we would hang out, um, sort of soak up some of the culture, and then brew a beer that kind of is our interpretation of that city or area. And we, we, we brew the beer with one of our favorite brewers from those cities. So the first episode in, in San Diego, we brewed a beer with Greg from Stone. Did you bring that beer? There's something from Stone here. Is this? Did you bring Stone IPA? I thought that was yours. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you guys brought it in. Did you brew but, at Stone, or you just took well, we, it back and, and worked on a recipe together? Well, in each city, we not only want to make a beer that's inspired by that city, we want to make it in a way that's inspired by by that city. So uh, the beer in San Diego, we actually made it on the Amtrak Pacific Surfliner between <laughs> San Diego and Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, the beer in San Francisco, we made it on the rooftop of Anchor in an open cool ship. In Portland, we made it in a raft made out of beer kegs floating down the Willamette River. Uh, in Philadelphia, we made it on the 4th of July in one of these Independence Day raids that you have here to celebrate. I think it's when celebrate when Will Smith defeated the alien invasion. <laughs> wow. Well, wait, Will Gordon. That was July 5th. <laughs> Will, jump on because, you know, you're riding for serious seats. And, and so are these the kind of beers that you would usually buy yourself? These you know, they beers? are because I like a nice beer. But, you know, I feel that, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to all you guys' stuff, what you have with it. When are we going to be able to drink one of uh, one of the ones you're collaborating on, your American beers? When are those coming out? They're not. So they're just for the show? They're just for the show, yeah. You're killing me? So you need a roadie on the show? Yep. Do, how, do I get, how do I get signed on on the show then? Because you know, don't tease me. Don't tease me, boys. <laughs> we, need, we need more information. Who, you gotta know your, I'm gonna, I don't usually introduce it, but your publicist here, Rachel, uh, Anything we should know about the show? Uh, I wouldn't ask her anything. She's, she's, she's not very good. <laughs> she brought this story. Rachel, jump on. Tell us a few things about the show. Because so our, our listeners are definitely interested. It's like this kind of thing. You just pluck these guys out of Scotland. Have they ever been to America before? Yeah, they've been to America before. They, do, they did a really great job. I think that they, 
they really did a great job of picking some amazing craft beer cities. And, you know, the episodes are hysterical. They're really entertaining. You see how they interact with some amazing brewers from around the country, their personal relationships with them. Like Greg from Stone is a really great example in the first episode. Um, and, you know, it's adventure. And then they also get to meet and introduce their like their opinions of craft beer to people who don't drink it all the time. They call them craft beer virgins. So they, they're good to talk about that. All right. Maybe yeah. if you want to... Uh, tweet us at at beer underscore sessions if you're a craft beer virgin and you want to meet these two guys uh, Maggie <laughs> they're also extremely yeah. handsome gentlemen well, that's what I'd saying, like to Jack. point that out they're I will say that on, on the way in our, our, our intern Maggie did mention she said she called you guys she said wow check out those two college guys uh, so there's a lot of nudity in the show so <laughs> Maggie's not going to be disappointed you know James and Martin from Brewer so that, I, I just when you guys walked in I just didn't believe you guys were the owners I've heard a lot of Myths about this brew dogs. I mean, it came to the state. You had like one of the strongest beers, and and, and we've had some at Jimmy's number forty three. You guys have even shipped casks over to America, and you made an impact really fast. So the, the deep question is, where did you guys get the money to do all this to, to start out this way? Well, we're actually funded quite unusually as a company. We set up the company with a twenty thousand pound bank loan. I think twenty thousand pounds is equivalent to about five million dollars. It's a little joke for any mathematicians there. It's not. But take your time, you'll get there. I think the change rate's 1.55 at the moment, which makes 50 cent, the famous wrapper, equivalent to 37.5 pence. Okay, I'll stop with the maths. Um, so, yeah, we're quite unusual in terms of how we're funded as a company. Um, we couldn't get the finance to grow our business, so we actually sold equity in our business online to the people who enjoy the beers that we make. So to date, we've had 12,000 people invest in our website. We've raised over $10 million, and it's not only given us the money to expand our company, but it's also built up this community, this culture around it. But what we do, it shortens the distance as much as possible between ourselves and the people who enjoy our beers. And for us, the whole craft beer thing, it's about family. It's about sharing that passion with people. So it's great that people who are passionate about the beers we make also own part of our business. That's great. So we meet a lot of cool people. I mean, we meet Yeppy from Evil Twin, McCuller, and you know Brian from Stillwater. There's people doing a lot of innovative, you know, ways of creating a brewery. Some of them are making beer to other people's, but so this is like crowdsourcing your your money. Are these people owners of your brewery, or they're just kind of like yeah, no, no, they own uh, equity stake in our company. So the original investors, as well as getting lifetime discounts and invites to awesome events, have seen an increase of about five times of their original investment. So it's a serious financial investment, but it's a hell of a lot of fun too. And we have the best AGMs ever. The best what? AGMs, like an annual general meeting. Oh, because we're a, because, annual general meeting. Because we have so many shareholders, we have to do things properly. So we have uh, one day a year where we have the business financials. So two and a half thousand people turn up and we spend about half an hour doing the serious financial stuff, and then the rest of the day is just a party. Wow. It sounds like, like it more needs uh, more than one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? start on a Friday and then on a Monday. That's the first sensible thing you've said today. <laughs> Maybe you should fly me and Sam out to the next one, and we'll, we'll serve you guys barbecue. Uh, we could do a live air radio cast. It would be awesome. Yeah, we could do that. All Let's right. do it. Right. Well, we asked Stone that years ago, but we'll go to BrewDog first. Why not? <laughs> we go up to Cooperstown every summer, but we'll go, we'll go out there. Wow. Well, you know, one thing about the beer is that it's such a great community, and there's so many cool guys like you guys you know, do, doing new things. What are the titles? You each must have a title in your company. Do you have titles? I am captain. I don't even have a title. He needs a title. Again, Tweet us at, at beer underscore session. You know, like at Lagunitas, there's a guy, his, his, his name's Beer Weasel. I think that's Ron Lindenbush. You know, you, you got to check out. Have you guys been to Lagunitas in Petaluma, California? And does he have a head like a weasel, or why is he called weasel? <laughs> I, think, I think he does. I, it might be. Like a, half, point, a point you snout. Half human, half weasel. It's kind of like you get this thing in the UK called the spider baby. It's got the body of a spider, but the mind of a baby. And do you have a beer? A beer called Spider Baby? No, but we're going to now. Yeah, you should. And what? Give me. Tell me a couple other uh, uh, breweries that you like in America. Um, Molson Coors, um, AB InBev. Um, I'm just a huge fan of things that are lowest common denominator, mass market, industrial, generic. It tastes like fizzy insipid liquid cardboard. There's never a day that goes past when James doesn't say, "I want everything in a beer and less." <laughs> 
All right. Well, I'll tell you, you're on the right show because we have the, some guys coming talking about heritage beers and, and cheap American beer, which we, we've never talked about before. So we hope to set the, the framework for an interesting show. You know, we've got great old school beer bar owner, Sam, interesting writer from Boston. And you guys, you guys are the, the real craft guys. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. We're, we're going to talk about some new things on Beer Sessions Radio. And now right. some Dolly Parton. All right. Stirred at an unmade bed Where I no longer laid Like the and it screamed You're listening to Poor Eyes by the Hollows on the Heritage Radio Network.org So you like good beer? Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're here with some cool guys. Sam Barbieri from Waterfront Ale House is talking about Atlantic Antic, the largest street festival in Brooklyn. The largest street festival in New York City. Wow. Also the best street festival. With beer outside. On beer outside. There's about uh, maybe ten of us that have licenses on the street. We're all serving different beers. Uh, Hopefully they will all be craft beers. So next yes, we've been pushing it. Next uh, Sunday, September 29th. September 29th from noon until 6 p.m. And you've got a vested interest in craft beer. You're a longtime beer bar owner. we got uh, James and Martin from BrewDog, also you know, up-and-coming small craft brewers uh, from Scotland. We've got a TV show coming out. And then we've got the other guys. We've got Will Gordon from Boston. And on the air we have Don Russell, known as Joe Sixpack and part of Philly Beer Week. They're going to tell you about heritage breweries, and we're going to have a little conversation here. So, uh, Don, are you on the air? Yes, I am. Uh, greetings. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, do you know Will Gordon? He, he's the, uh, he works as, what are you, Will? Drinking the bottom shelf from Serious Eats in Boston. Yeah, I write for Deadspin now. <laughs> yeah, similar. <clears throat> you caught me off guard. I don't have a glass in my hand. Well, I bet you do, because we're drinking the heritage beers, and uh, yeah. I'm sure everyone in America has one. So uh, tell, us, tell us about Heritage Beers and, and why you care about them so much when the rest of us are, are so into these obscure craft beers. Well, I, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about history here, and, and these, you know, these breweries are what laid the groundwork for the beer we're drinking today. I mean, most of, these, uh, most of the craft brewers today, even though they're brewing sort of unusual and, and interesting new styles, they're all based on classic recipes for the most part. I mean, we're really, you know, we're talking about uh, a tradition of, that goes back hundreds of years, but uh, these breweries really did pave the way for those, uh, for the styles that we're drinking today. And I should mention, you know, there's some of them are still alive and, and brewing perfectly great beer uh, that's uh, uh, equal to all the esoteric stuff that we love. So well, 
well, give us a list of, of what you consider the uh, heritage beers. I mean, I have a list here, but I'd like to hear it from you. Well, I guess, uh, you know, we're talking basically about anybody that was open really before Prohibition, and it's still open. I mean, some people might define that more strictly and say uh, breweries that opened in the 1800s that are still open. But uh, basically, I think it's anybody that was alive in a well before Prohibition and, and is still with us today. So that can obviously include the likes of Yingling, America, North America's, or rather uh, Amer- United States' oldest brewery, uh, and includes even the likes of, you know, Anheuser-Busch or, and Miller Brewing, uh, Lining Kugel, uh, Iron City, uh, uh, well, it's really probably not really still alive, but uh, and then you know our uh, much loved uh, Anchor Brewing, which uh, has been open for what almost 120 years now or so, and uh, 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 geez, there's, there's so many more. We have another one here in Pennsylvania, Straub, uh, which uh, opened up in 1872, very local. One time called itself the smallest brewery in America. Uh, and so it, the list goes on. There's probably about, I think, in the vicinity of 15 uh, to 20 breweries that sort of call themselves heritage or uh, heritage or retro breweries. And what's your favorite brewery out of all the heritage breweries, Don? Well, I really like, obviously I like Anchor a whole lot. I think uh, uh, I'm really pleased by the fact that the brewery has has held its own since uh, Fritz Maytag sold it a couple years ago. Uh, I'm a big fan locally of, of Yingling as well, and uh, we have another one here in uh, Pennsylvania called Lion Brewing that is uh, goes back to 1905. That is also producing some really nice beers under the Stegmeier label. So I have a few favorites in that bunch. That uh, interestingly, most of them uh, are not what. The Brewers Association calls true craft brewers. Uh, I disagree with that, but uh, with their definition. But I, I do think they're making some decent beers. And the the great thing with Anchor Brewing specifically is that it was probably the one brewery that kickstarted the whole craft beer revolution with their Liberty I, Ale. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I mean. Fritz and Anchor deserve so much credit for the beers we're drinking. I mean, they made, you know, basically the the first, you know, true, uh, uh, you know, hoppy pale ale with with Liberty. Um, They made, you know, in my mind, the first uh, American-made true ale-style uh, porter or porter style ale uh, since the prohibition, uh, because most of those porters that we were drinking were more lagerish, and they're, they're responsible also for uh, kicking off the whole Christmas beer uh, uh, trend in America too. So they they get so much credit for making incredibly great beer. You know, one, one thing about you talking about the definition of craft. I mean, I think it's a little skewed. I, I mean, I've been told that the 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 number, the volume of beer that you make that defines craft beer is defined by how much beer Sam Adams is making. And it influences the whole industry. So when we think about craft, I mean, what do you guys make at BrewDog? 10,000 barrels a year? How many? Uh, this year we'll do about 50,000. 50,000, but, you know, there's, you know, uh, Blue Point, Omegang, you know, there's people making 20, 50, 100,000 barrels of beer, a couple hundred thousand Brooklyn Brewery. They're still, they're still small. Um, you know, and and we get this this talk a lot. I don't know how you feel, Sam. I mean, I know you carries these heritage beers, and it, it's a definitely interesting. You know, you open it up to beer. What is beer? Well, it's like when I think craft, I think you know a, a, a little guy's making beer in his own his own neighborhood. And at some point, once everybody's exporting and 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 shipping across the country, you know, it, it, it's a different scale. And and I don't know. This is this is a, a, a everyone's looking for ways to define what is craft beer. So I think that this is a good way to talk about it but will you're on the show to talk about this in particular so jump in and help us out because this is this is a big big picture issue you know well <clears throat> excuse me that was professional um <laughs> well, it was. no what i brought what i like to <clears throat> i'm a lager guy myself recently and there's and i'm from massachusetts where there's a lot of good lagers coming out and narragansett i don't know don if you agree is one of the i consider it a heritage brewery you know, they went away for a while, but then they've come back, and they're putting out 
their base lager they've been putting out for uh, 140 years, or however long it is. But they have really good seasonals and really good specialty beers, which maybe stretch the definition so it sort of bridges the, gra- uh, bridges the gap between heritage and craft, which, you know, I think it's nice that, so it can bring people in. My grandfather, who drinks Narragansett, will have the Narragansett seasonal that I bring him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it'll... Yeah. And what about Sam? I mean, because at Waterfront Ale House, you've been there. The other thing is some of the older beer bars in say like Muggs Ale House... And Waterfront Alehouse, you guys have heritage brands. You have Anchor. You know which which beers that you have that you've had for a long time that you've always carried. We've we've had Anchor since it was available in New York City. I had a fight to get it, uh, and Liberty Ale wasn't always available. We started with Steam, and then they started to get Liberty after a couple of years after we were open, uh, and then Brooklyn, we took on at their infancy. Uh, and we've always had a Brooklyn product because I, I think the guys do a tremendous job. And I um, I like that they make all their beers, uh, their draft beers themselves. Uh, Blue Point, Six Point. Uh, they all started making all their own beers. And that's when, that's when we really uh, got into them. But now they're to the point where most of the beer that they're selling is made by someone else. It's all contract. I mean, it's they're still in a craft market. Sam Adams too. Sam Adams started making their own beers in Boston, but they just grew expectantiously and had to be brewed by other people. And so, I think they're brewed in like four different places all over the country now. As well, Yingling, Yingling is brewed in uh, in uh, Florida. That's interesting yeah. irony because I believe most of the Sam Adams is brewed in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I want to jump in because I actually, just so you know, on this show, it's, I don't really care too much about those other breweries, and I want to make it clear because what I like is finding the new breweries and, and meeting with cool people. And, you know, there's this whole world of, of, of beer business, and my uncle used to sell Anheuser-Busch and, you know, in Massachusetts. And uh, so I'm not too interested in, in those arcania of it. I mean, there's a huge list here of breweries, and, and Don, I want you to still be on. And there's August Shell, Matt, Matt Brewing, Saranac Brewery, Straub, Youngling, Anchor, Dundee, Iron City, Lion, Spetzel, Stevens Point, Jacob Lining Cool, Cold Springs, Dixie. I mean, the thing is, to me, is, 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 is you know, it's not macro. And I really don't like to talk about this stuff on the show, but what I really do care about is, you know, why do you guys care? Like, why do you care about Narragansett or these other brands when there's so much good small craft beer? So I'm putting you guys on the spot, but I want, and Will in particular, because you, you, you're trying to talk about buying beer on, on, on a paycheck, which I understand, but I can go in a store and buy. You know, a six pack of of good craft beer for like ten bucks. I think that's a good deal, and it's good stuff. So that might last me two nights. But so you know, why do you guys care so much about about this this these type of heritage breweries that are just I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on it. So all right. Well, first of all, well, if I can just break in a second, uh, one of the things is that that you know that we tend to stumble over are these definitions and. Uh, and Narragansett is a great example of, of what you know where we stumble. Narragansett is actually just an old brand name. At least there's there is no Narragansett Brewery anymore. Ironically, it's being brewed at I, if I'm. Last I heard, it's being brewed in Rochester at the Genesee plant, which is an old plant that goes back to the 1800s. So, is Narragansett a heritage brewery? I don't know, and I really don't care because I think those cans of Narragansett are quite good. I've really grooved into their Oktoberfest, and they make a uh, a couple other, you know, nice Bach and so on. And, and to me, you know, that that's what really matters is what's inside that can of beer. No, it's true, but I mean, why are you focusing on those instead of all the other great little small new breweries that are coming up? And you know, you got you guys are in in Philly Beer Week alone. There's so many great Pennsylvania breweries. Um, you know wh- why? Why are you thinking about those beers instead of like all the new ones? Uh, well, me personally, I think about all beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't focus on any one particular brand at all. I I, I pretty much drink anybody, uh, anybody that's good. No, and I, I want you, I want you to talk about this, and I'm just try, I'm just trying to get into it because it's eye opening. You know, we, we've like I said, there's craft breweries and you know macros, and there's been a war. You know, and then you know, in the 80s, everybody was talking about how 
the large breweries are trying to shut down the, the nascent craft movement. So we, 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 we talked to all these people, um, and, and I think maybe you should rate these breweries. How about that? I mean, we, you know, let's just bring in Will because Will, Will does this show. Uh, you're talking about the bottom shelf beers. Should we score them out of 10? Yeah, you guys score out of 10. Iron, iron let, let, let Martin and James take over. Which, which ones would you actually buy and which ones wouldn't you buy? How about that? That's what I would say. I love the Narragansett um, mainly because it was in my favorite film of all time, Jaws. I'll find it for five, but I'll catch it and kill it for ten. And it's even better with a Scottish accent. Oh, the accent helps well, it. So, Don, Dixie Bruin, score out of ten, please. Uh, well, Dixie, uh, you know, I'm, I go back and forth on that. First of all, is it even being... I, we don't see it much in the Philadelphia area because I think they had some issues after uh, uh, the big hurricane. Uh, so I'm not really sure. So it's rare. So what give it at least a six. Is whether it's, I mean, is it even being brewed at this point or, or what? I don't know. I thought you were the expert in these things. Don't ask us. <laughs> we're from Scotland. Mate. <laughs> well, there's a list of heritage beers that I have here. I thought that was yours. It says heritage breweries in the United States, and it's maybe it's from our, our our research guy, but. Uh, there's Iron City, there's Genesee, Utica Club. So did you did you not have a list of heritage breweries? It might have been Rachel. She's yeah. awesome in Google. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe Google. So, Don, tell us a couple more. Th- so you, you're Joe Sixpack, and um, I know you write about all kinds of things. So uh, what what are, what are some of the, the trends that you're seeing in uh, in the Philly area for beer, besides heritage beers? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would I would say that we're seeing pretty much the same thing we're seeing everywhere else in the U.S. I think the biggest story in uh, craft beer right now is the, the continued explosion, uh, almost like craft beer is getting a third or fourth wind. Uh, we're seeing new breweries open up practically uh, monthly around around the city as as the rest of the country. And for me personally, as a as a beer writer, it's it's completely impossible to uh, keep up with all the new beers that are coming on the market. Uh, and I think that that's putting, you know, it's putting a lot of pressure on beer stores to keep current with beers. Uh, and I'm not really sure how it's playing out. All I can say is that I'm I'm really digging it because, you know, there's never been a better time to, to drink so many good beers. So what's happening in Philly, I think, is reflective of uh, what's happening in the rest of the country. And if you had to rate um, Sly Fox out of 10, how would you score them? Uh, well, I love Sly Fox. Beer. I mean, I don't write beer breweries on, on any kind of scale like that, but I, I I think that Sly Fox is making some really fine beers in cans. Uh, uh, they, you know, they make you know, I think one of the best Oktoberfest beers in America right now, uh, and I also think that some of their big bottled beers are, are quite good as too. I, no, I, we, I we like them a lot their too. On all summer, you know, on the way in, Don uh, Sam Barbieri was talking about he really likes the Sly Fox Grisette. It's the seasonal saison. I'm a big fan of great of summer beer, Pikeland Pills. You know, we had a lot this summer. It's like toasty. It, it's not too hoppy. Um, there's a lot of great breweries and and and. Uh, you know, why don't you stay on, Don? We're, we're gonna we're gonna get off the subject of heritage breweries because I, I I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about Bud and and bottom shelf beers. I really don't. And I'm sorry, Will. I want to talk about the beers asleep. that we like. But we're we're gonna come back. We'll take a short break. Will you stay on with us? We're gonna come back. We're talking to the Brew Dog guys, and we're really gonna. And uh, Sam Barry brought some uh, of his vintage beers. He's got one of the the best vintage beer sellers in in New York. So here we are on Beer Sessions Radio. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right. Cheers, man. Doesn't matter, but you're listening to Burgundy by the Hollows. Stay tuned for more Beer Sessions Radio, everybody. My lover's hands were burgundy when last she came. Come back, come back. You guys, get, you guys don't want to listen? We can hear. You can hear everything? Yeah, we've, yeah. we've got yours. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick. We're going to have a great dinner tonight. Beyond Pizza, there's specials and uh, some fancy tasting menus, too. So we're going to rock it out. we got the guys from Brew Dog in Scotland, Woo! Sam Barbieri from uh, Waterfront House, <laughs> Will Gordon from Boston, and uh, Don Russell, Joe Sixpack. Are you still on the air? 
I am so with you. All right, now we're going there. So, Will, what were we, t- we were we were kind of ragging about why are we talking about heritage beers and all this stuff. Will, what were you going to say? What I was going to say is that I understand that uh, Corey and I, my buddy here, my manager who came down with me, um, yeah. we drank uh, Alchemist Heady Topper on the bus down here this morning at 7 o'clock because it came straight out of my fridge, and I didn't want it to get warm. So we had to drink it at 7 o'clock in the morning on the bus. My wife's listening. She's not thrilled, but we're going to do and at least you were driving. <laughs> right. And no, that's not as uh, you know, no Narragansett's not as good as that. None of these heritage beers are as good as that. I, I don't have any pretensions or mistake that. But I think there's context to beer and to food and to everything. So there's certain beer maybe that you'll drink that will remind you of your granddad. And that is worth something. And I was thinking... Every July 29th, that's my father's birthday. He's not with us anymore. I drink Miller Lights on that day. And on Miller Light, on my dad's birthday, is the best tasting beer in the world. And my kid's going to be lucky because my favorite beer is Allagash Curio. <laughs> so they're going to get to drink that on my birthday. <laughs> but, you know, but, so I think context, What about Corey? Jimmy. So Corey's your manager. Corey, you came all this way. Came all the way down on the bus. Uh, you know, we got down here safe. Uh, it was great to meet the guys uh, from BrewDog finally. I spent some time in Scotland, and uh, I know that uh, if you guys uh, bow down the same way Will does, uh, tennis lager and Bellhaven's Best has to be something that's uh, – been built through your heritage you know it's something that uh it's true but let's talk about you guys it's Corey and will i i know you guys wrote some things you wrote some things with serious eats uh will but but so what are you guys doing now i think i missed something well Corey and i um we're not lovers although our wives suspect it but uh we (laughs) no we um i was unsure when you came in as well yes yes you would be no we uh we you know we work he's got the barry Corey has the barry white voice right we worked in the same bars. He doesn't stuff. even need a microphone. We're just neighborhood buddies and stuff, and we appreciate. So, like, on a good day, we'll get together with the wives and the girlfriends, and we'll drink the best beers that we can and everything. But sometimes, on a hot summer day, starts at about 10.30 in the morning, you want about a 4.5% ABV. You want to just play uh, wiffle ball in the I'm, backyard. I'm a big fan of session yeah. beers anyways. But, but yeah. what do you guys do? I don't understand. So, you're a writer, but... but I'm a bartender in uh, a craft beer bar in Boston. So you're a man. I work at a fine dining uh, restaurant in Boston. I shuck oysters for a living, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, we have a wonderful uh, heritage in Boston as well. As uh, you know, you listed off the heritage beers earlier. Uh, we didn't mention uh, the ones that are coming out of there now. Jack's Abbey out of Framingham, Massachusetts. Cape Ann Brewing Company out of Gloucester, Massachusetts. All doing stuff that's uh, you know essentially lager-based. Uh, that's uh, a wonderful offering uh, from the Northeast. But, but they're craft of, breweries, too. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a good... I actually like the name Heritage Brewery better than Craft Brewery. I mean, right? I mean, what do you guys think? Is it time for a new name for, for the, the beers we like? I mean... For me, the name that you give your... The beers that you like doesn't matter at all. If it's good beer, if you like it, if you're happy when you enjoy it, who gives a fuck what you call it? It's awesome. Watch your mouth. Rachel said we could swear. <laughs> so well, so do, you, do you work at a bar too or are you just a writer? Well, I'm, a, I'm on and off at uh, a couple of bars depending on how the writing's going, depending on when the rent's due. So wh- which but, of the bars in Brooklyn do you work I mean, in Boston do you work at? We work at the People's Republic, Corey and I, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And it's a good bar, but it's not, it's not a craft beer bar per se. But we got Long Trail. You know, we have some Vermont locals. And, you know, we... I was, I'm going to make a confession. I mean, one reason I get to like indulge in the craft beer lifestyle and drink all the fancy beers is that I whether own or work at a craft beer bar. And I know that, I mean, I've talked about this a lot. If I did, I would have to be at the mercy of going to many bars where, how, you know, how much do I want to pay for beer? But also, usually they don't have the beers that I want. Mm-hmm. And I pick something else like, you know, something cheap or booze or I have to go to a retail shop. So our perspective, usually on the show, and Sam will back me up, is that that's one reason we're in the game is that we are at craft beer bars and 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 when we drink beer that's what we think of and, and other than that i don't drink beer so for me i don't go to a bar and drink a beer if they don't have good craft beer i would just drink wine or or, or a cocktail and i think that's what we're up against as an industry is that i feel like that that more bars need to up their game and i don't think that i don't i don't think there's no reason why every bar or restaurant in the country can't have a couple 
you know, good craft beers. And even go to like DC, there's hotels that have a full lineup of craft beer. It's it's I think it's what people want. So I feel like if you're not serving it, you're you're kind of behind the eight ball. And uh, you know, uh, you, you you can put up a bunch of beers in front of people, and if they have a chance to try the good craft beer, you know, I want a beer that, that, that when Brooklyn Brewery started, I know Steve Handy told me he said, you know. We want to make a beer that you can drink four of. Well, that was a long time ago, but I want a beer that I can drink like ten of. But, <laughs> With you. Know, you. But, but it doesn't have to be session. It's just that I want to, I want to crave it so much, and that's why mm-hmm. you drank the Heady Topper. Mm-hmm. We drink Peekskill Eastern Standard IPA every time we come to Roberta's. But to me, that's what beer is about. It's like, I, want to be, I grew up drinking wine, really good wine. So I want something that makes me want to come back as much as a good bottle of wine does. I don't necessarily care if it's beer or, or, or liquor or something. And that's what I like about craft beer, and that's why we do the show. I mean, you go to a place like Sam's at Waterfront, I mean, let's taste some of the beers that he brought because he is one of the deepest sellers of, of, of uh, vintage beers in America, and you wouldn't even know it. And what do you have, Sam? You got you got Sammy Klaus from when it was made in Switzerland. I have I mean, Sammy crazy Klaus stuff from '97. I have uh, Rogue Old Crustacean from '93. Uh, Before I was born. Yeah, let's yeah. Pop, let's pop yeah. let, let these boys. I think <laughs> if you're going to do this show here, let, let's tap our, our if expert. If you were my Come son, on. it would have been in your baby bottle. <laughs> Sam, let, let's let's tap. Which so one? I'll tell you, which no, one are you you're tap? saying Come you want to drink ten beers at a lot of times, but. I like to have a a really good, well-made, rich beer because I could be satisfied with two of those beers instead of having to have ten of them. Uh, yes, there's times that I do like to catch a nice buzz, but there's times I want to be satisfied as well, and, and two really tremendous beers are going to satisfy me, especially with really good food. It's the same way, uh, you know, if you buy a piece of pork at, at a Pathmark, or if you get a beautiful piece of pork from a, a, a real farm upstate at the farmer's market, you don't need 10 ounces. You need 3 ounces and to be just as satisfied. And I, I didn't think that I would have to have this, this conversation on this show, but I think that when I go out there outside of, of you know, our comfort zone, I, I realize that, that still most people aren't getting the really That's good beers. Lot. And you know, Honestly, I'll tell you about personal health. You know, they talk about beer bellies. We can have this conversation. Part of it is that when you're drinking an industrially produced beer, you're drinking like carb, you know, CO2 is carbonated crap. And at the end of the day, it's like your stomach hurts. But when you're drinking craft beer with a natural fermentation, you know, it, it's, it's a different process. And, uh, you know, for me, craft beer is like food. It, it, it's, it's, it's important to, to drink the best stuff. And I don't think you have to spend a lot of money to drink it. You know, I, I don't think you have to chase down the, the rarities that you know, or on eBay or something. But I think that, you know, going and getting a locally uh, produced a small, you know, brewery. Um, wow, I can't believe I'm having this conversation. But, you know, you know that, that we're, we're living the fight because craft beer is... I mean, you guys must see this, too. You're going around the country, and whatever people say, still, most people don't have access to really good craft beer. I mean, that's, you know? that's part of the program is that James and myself um, on the Brew Dog Show wanted to convert as many craft beer virgins as possible. And it's that, just getting that one gateway moment where someone who's drank a generic beer their whole life gets that one hit of flavour that they didn't know existed in beer. It's pretty... And craft beer versions. And wow. one, one other point. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're worried about your waistline, we could get uh, Don's six-pack to maybe give us some fitness tips. <laughs> when do we get to see the six-pack? Yes, I had the six-pack to prove it. That's true. Actually, as I've pointed out before, if, it, it, you know, People don't drink beer to lose weight. Okay, that's <laughs> we drink beer for other reasons, but not to not to lose weight. And, and I know you cover a lot of things, Don, and uh, as Joseph back. I mean, uh, we're just happy to have this conversation with it. And I know we're going to talk to you more. Um, you have any questions for the guys from Brewdog? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've had some of their beers. Uh, they're Absolutely. a phenomenon phenom- unto they, themselves, they aren't they? I caught up to them when they were uh, down here in Philly. They were doing some filming at uh, one of the local brew pubs here, and uh, I waited, and then I got tired of waiting, so I left. But, uh, <laughs> I wish I, had, I wish I had grabbed them at, uh, I believe it, at Earth uh, Bread and Brewery. Yeah, I mean, when we were in in, in Philly, we brewed a beer with the, with um, with Victory Brewing, and we made the most American beer ever in the Fourth of July. What beer period. was that? Well, how how would you make the most American beer ever? And I don't know. Most American beer was made in like what sixteen twenty with uh, honey and pilgrims. You're very good at this, see? <laughs> right, Don? I mean, that's the what's or it might be a cider. Or it's probably a, a rum. I mean, 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, so most Americans, you guys think, I, the, you know, there's such a great history in America before Prohibition, so... Well, we actually put the know. history of America in the beer. So we, we had 320 million copies of the Declaration of Independence <laughs> encoded onto DNA, <laughs> and we used that in brewing the beer. So as you drank the beer, you were actually... I don't know, well, you know confusing ma- yourself with a many liquid of, history of, the of early, Many of the early pioneer settlers in America were from Scotland. I mean, so you go to places like North Carolina, anywhere there was like rugged people that, that, that made a difference, they were all Scots. Did you know that? Just yeah, but they distilled. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of like to think we're a bit like Dick Whittington. In uh, 1665, Dick Whittington left Scotland. He had a stick. On the end of a stick, he had some of his clothes, and then he had a cat, and he walked down to London. And we were doing the same, but in America, without the cat, because Martin's allergic to them. Well, Donna, I didn't even know that Scots made beer. I mean, we've heard about breweries in Scotland that they make beer so that they can, what, season the cask, or they can they can distill it into, into whiskey. But is there really a tradition of, of good beer in Scotland? Not so much, and what we want to do, most people in Scotland think beer is something, you go out and drink eight pints of something with no taste, no flavour, you fall over, you have a kebab, you wake up with a hangover, and you tick Saturday night off your to-do list. What we want to do is we want to elevate the status of beer, we want to put the taste, the flavour, the passion back into people's beer glasses and open their eyes to this spectrum of stylistic diversity of artisan craftsmanship that they never knew existed. Right. And, Will, you want to give these guys a challenge? Why don't we start asking some of these craft breweries to make uh, an affordable session beer? Well, I wouldn't even worry about affordability as much because uh, it's not so much about the money. I know, Jimmy, earlier you said, oh, for 10 bucks, I can get a craft beer six-pack that'll last me two nights. And that's complete bullshit. It will last you 45 (laughs) minutes. So don't bullshit me. But I know what you mean. It's not necessarily the money, but just... I steal the beer from work. (laughs) Right. That's that's for real. (laughs) But, um, you know, like, um, just sessionability is something that I'm interested in, is being able to get a... So you guys have, like, a nice, like, under five, five, under five? Perfect beer for you called Dead Pony Club. Yeah. Have you you tried that before? Yes, I have. That's what I would drink on a... I would drink that on a warm, sunny day when my sand is under my toes. So it's under under 4%. Ice cold, though. That's the only thing I say. Most beers, I don't like ice cold. But that beer, I could drink when it's really 90 degrees and just put it down. Martin, tell me about it. Yes, I mean, under 4%, but uses some of the best American hops ever. So Citra, Mosaic, Mm -hmm. and uh, Simcoe, all Mm -hmm. three of those in there. And it's tremendous. You know, you can drink a lot of it. I usually do at work. Um, (laughs) So I've heard. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's the complete beer. So it's got everything I want in in a beer of that style. So it's got a huge um, dry hop character. It's got a a decent bitterness there as well. But then it's a a beer that you can drink quite a lot of without having to call your mum to give you a lift home. Yeah, she's tired of that. One more brutal beer. Very, very well balanced. It's excellent beer. So if I if I go out in Brooklyn tonight, you know, what's a brew dog that I would I might see in a in a good beer bar? Cool. Well, and one of the beers that we've created a huge amount of fuss with is Tokyo. Tokyo is an eighteen point two percent imperial stout made with jasmine and cranberries, and we age it on toasted vanilla oak chips. So huge, decadent indulgent, opulent, capsulating and a beer that just kind of offers new taste and nuances with every sip. So we're actually going over time, but I want to ask this question. This is what I've been waiting to ask you guys all, all night. You yes, know, some I, of the, I love you too. Like the Tokyo, <laughs> which is the, like the Tokyo, and some of the other beers that you've made have been on the stronger side. Uh, why have you chosen to make beers like that? Well, we're in a mission to challenge people's perceptions about what beer it is, how it can taste, how it can be enjoyed. Beer's been made now for almost 10,000 years. In the last couple of years, we made the strongest beers on the planet. And it's just to get people, especially in the UK, thinking about beer in a different way and hopefully to help us achieve the goal of elevating the status of beer. It's also a great challenge to actually try and brew that. All right. Well, guys, thanks for coming on. We're looking forward to seeing your show next week. Uh, The show is on the new Esquire Network. It premieres on the 24th of September at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. 10 o'clock Eastern Time? 9 o'clock You should know that. Um, it's sometime. Check it in Google. It's on TV. Um, Esquire Network. Um, watch it or we won't speak to you. 
And Will, tell us what, what you got coming up next. Any, any, uh, what I'm mostly doing is going to watch this show at either 9 or 10 o'clock Eastern on the 21st. <laughs> and if you, you don't watch it, it won't speak going. to you. And Sam, we've got Atlantic Antic, September 29th. Yes, sir. <laughs> Don, anything going on in Philly that we should know about? Uh, well, we've got, you know, it's uh, it's Oktoberfest season. There's at least three or four uh, large-scale uh, festivals in the city this weekend and next weekend. So, uh, you know, we love our lager down here, so it's going to be a good time for drinking outdoors. We love it, too, and, and uh, we're going to talk to you more. I know that you've got a lot to talk about, and we love Philly and Philly Beer Week. Also, give a shout-out to the Bearded Ladies. Uh, they're doing an event in Brooklyn, Sisters in Craft, a Ladies Pint Night. September 22nd. I'll be up in uh, Hudson Valley this weekend at Austin, New York. Uh, there's a large kind of river fest. We've got six breweries, including Peekskill and Defiant, and we'll be there with uh, right on the Hudson River. We've been part of this HudsonRising.com. Talk about the most beautiful place in the world. It's Lower Hudson Valley, and, and, and you've got to check it out, and we've been trying to promote it uh, all summer. And the all- Peekskill IPA was awesome, by the way. Yeah, we, we love him. We love Peekskill. Very and it's, good. Very good. I, I, you know, it's the truth. I saw a picture of Jeff O'Neill. He was out in the hop farm. Lining, lining a pile of hops. Uh, he, he really is our, our new star brewer in New York. And, uh, you know, we're just looking forward to more good beer in, in New York. I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thank you again. Thanks so much. Always follow us on Twitter at beer underscore sessions. You can get Maggie's updates every week. And thanks to Sam, Will, James, Martin, Rachel, Don, and Corey. Is that Corey, right? For joining me here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers. Jack Inslee and Brie O'Connor and our engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Good night and God bless America. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.